KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Wednesday, September 1st. COVID-19 at Father Joe's Villages. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Governor Gavin Newsom says more than 80 percent of people eligible for the coronavirus vaccine in California now have at least one dose. The Tuesday announcement came amid signs that the current surge of cases is starting to abate. Newsom says the numbers put California among the top 10 states for vaccination rates, despite having such a huge population. In recent weeks, Newsom has mandated that state employees and all school staff must be vaccinated or submit to weekly testing. He's also requiring that healthcare workers in the state be vaccinated or risk losing their jobs. One crew member has been rescued this morning from a military helicopter crash off the coast of San Diego. According to the U.S. Navy, there were six crew members on board when the chopper crashed into the sea at 4.30 Tuesday afternoon. The Navy and the U.S. Coast Guard are working on the search and rescue. The Cleveland National Forest and all other national forests in the state are now off-limits to the public until mid-September. Regional Forest Service officials say closing the park was a tough decision, but that it's needed to protect the public. Nathan Judy is with the Cleveland National Forest. He says federal officials don't want to have to evacuate thousands of tourists if there's a wildfire. With all the fires that are going on in Northern California, the fire we just had down on the uh, Cleveland National Forest this past Saturday, shows the example of how quickly fires can start, how rapidly they can spread. The National Forest will remain closed until at least September 17th. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. There's been a spike in COVID-19 cases at Father Joe's Villages. Here's KPBS's Melissa May. Father Joe's Villages says just under 100 cases of COVID-19 were reported at its two shelters as of last week. To protect the uninfected, the agency set up a temporary tent outside its East Village campus to isolate patients until they could be moved to hotels. Vaccination rates have been low among people experiencing homelessness due to general mistrust in and poor past experiences with the healthcare system. Father Joe's Villages is working to combat this issue with consistent follow-up, on-site vaccination, and one-on-one conversations. 
In a written statement, Father Joe's president and CEO, Jim Vargas, says we continue to prioritize the health and well-being of those we serve and encourage vaccination. As an organization, we will continue to strictly implement health protocols designed to limit the spread of the virus and equip our staff and clients with health and safety services. The county health department says over 10,000 people experiencing homelessness have received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine. Sarah Sweeney, the agency's communications officer, told KPBS in an email, We are housing people affected in this outbreak in our public health hotels and are providing a variety of services to any of those isolating in shelters. Further, we have plans in place to expand its hotel capacity if needed. And that was KPBS's Melissa May. Monday was the registration deadline for regular voting in the September 14th gubernatorial recall election. But KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says if you miss the deadline, there's still a way to vote. California passed a law in 2019 that lets voters register conditionally all the way up to Election Day. You can then cast a provisional ballot, which is counted once your eligibility is verified. You have to complete the process in person at the Registrar of Voters office in Kearney Mesa. Find out more at sdvote.com. So far, more than 490,000 voters in San Diego County have cast ballots, more than at this point in the 2020 presidential election. The recall ballot contains two questions. First, should Governor Gavin Newsom be removed from office? The second question is who should replace Newsom if a majority votes yes on the first question. And that was KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen. The Calder Fire in the Lake Tahoe area has burned close to 200,000 acres, and it's forcing some California residents to flee to Nevada. Lucia Starbuck has the story from KUNR in Reno. The massive wildfire prompted mandatory evacuation orders for more than 22,000 South Lake Tahoe residents. Due to road closures, many are being directed across state lines into Nevada. The influx of people is expected to result in unsafe road conditions, overwhelmed services, and insufficient evacuee sheltering. The evacuation center at Douglas County Community and Senior Center is already at full capacity. Governor Steve Sisolak's State of Emergency directs state, local, and federal agencies to provide resources as needed. And that was KUNR's Lucia Starbuck. Coming up, three Latinx playwrights share what inspired them to write. (laughs) Anger. Anger inspired me. That's what inspired me. The San Diego Rep will showcase these playwrights this weekend as part of its Latinx New Play Festival. That's next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. 
We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. San Diego Rep's Latinx New Play Festival celebrates giving voice to underrepresented communities. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando spoke with three of the playwrights to find out what inspired them and what stories they want to tell. Inspiration can come from many places, or just one. <laughs> anger. Anger inspired me. That's what inspired me. Playwright Rachel Lynette hit a boiling point after Jennifer Krug confessed to being a racial imposter. And that deeply upset me because she was a white woman specifically pretending to be Afro-Latina. And I'm Afro-Latina, and I have had to fight and claw my way into just getting other people to recognize my identity. And all this white woman had to do was tan her skin. And that just really deeply frustrated me. That anger and frustration led to the play Black Mexican, in which a student questions whether her professor is actually Cuban. All of the characters are um, trying to figure out exactly what does it mean to be Latinx or Latine. It's kind of an exploration of what does it mean to be part of this identity that encompasses so many different countries that are all so different. And also, in what, who do we give access to our culture and who do we keep out and why? Lynette specifically sets her play in a city she describes as one that thinks it's liberal, because that's another source of anger. So I kind of really wanted to say, like, don't try to put this in like a southern town where they don't know better. No, this is a liberal town where people claim to embrace diversity, and yet this still keeps happening. But for Daniela de Jesus, it was Disney's Pocahontas and an epiphany she had that inspired her play, Get Your Pink Hands Off Me Sucka and Give Me Back. I remember there's this moment in the sixth grade when I was learning about the colonization of the Caribbean and the Americas and learning how old Pocahontas probably actually was, that she was like between the ages of 11 and 14. And me realizing that, oh, I'm 11. And there's no way that me having a romantic relationship with a 30-year-old man is okay. Like, that's messed up. This led her to ponder the insidiousness of colonization, as well as a reckoning with one's own part in it. In her play, this manifests itself in an exploration of intergenerational trauma. The idea that trauma that happened to an ancestor three, four, five, or more generations ago can manifest as an anxiety attack or a particular insecurity is really interesting to me. And I like to think that because of that, in a way that history is always happening, like it's not in the past, it like reverbs through what we're experiencing right now. The past was a major source of inspiration for Nicholas R. Valdez's play, Conjunto Blues. It's really kind of a, a nod, an, a, an ode, if you will, to my grandparents' generation. Those who really, uh, coming out of this Depression era experience, really, I think, kind of created a pathway for a Mexican-American identity. Informing that identity was Conjunto music, which Valdez says was the origin of accordion-based Mexican-American music. The accordion and Conjunto music, I think, really is the soundtrack to the Mexican-American working class experience of the 20th century. When people listen to the accordion, I think it's very nostalgic, sort of transports you to another time and place. And it is a very expressive instrument in the way that it breathes and, and the variations of the tones. 
Valdez learned to play the accordion as a child to please his grandfather. I learned early on to appreciate the instrument and to appreciate what it represented for uh, the culture of San Antonio and for, for the Mexican-American community at large. The instrument becomes a character in the play, which explores how conjunto music developed as an expression of cultural resistance and liberation. Valdez carries on that tradition of activism in his play, which was inspired by the legacy of Luis Valdez's Teatro Campesino. And it's theater with a purpose, right? Like an urgency. And also because our stories are not part of mainstream American culture and, and the mainstream American narrative. So for me, it's, it was always important to one, just to tell these stories that people may or may not have ever heard. And there's a magic that happens in, in, in that engagement in live theater. There's a, this, this reciprocity of energy, and it gives you an opportunity to address very serious issues, to ask really important and difficult questions, but in a way that is accessible and entertaining. And that can provoke a conversation and inspire other people to tell their own stories. You can enjoy these stories as part of San Diego Rep's Latinx New Play Festival this weekend. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. San Diego Rep's Latinx New Play Festival runs September 3rd through the 5th, with most of the events happening online. that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.